0: Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanke.
1: Welcome to the show, everyone, and thanks so much for spending your time and choosing to spend your time with us today. Each week, we start the show with the boomerang effect. The boomerang effect states that what you put out in life is equivalent to what you get back. And today, I want to mention the importance of paying attention to the clues that your body might give you. Last night, in a meeting with a potential new client at my office, she expressed how intense back pain that she was experiencing was something that she felt like she just had to live with. And the boomerang she was dealing with was one of just living through the pain and living with that pain. And I asked her a question I said, What if your back pain was your body's indication of telling you to pay attention to something else in your life, something that was needing your attention and your focus? She never looked at it that way. And in dealing with some of her past issues, she had the idea that she could just power through anything that was thrown her way. But with having a baby two years ago, she was no longer able to do that power through method. So I explained to her that the pain in her body was a wake-up call to introspect in her life and to see what emotions may be calling on her to deal with rather than simply power through her life. There was something greater than that was wanting her attention, and that's what we explored together last night. So today, I invite all of you, our loyal listeners, to look at a boomerang of what may be calling out on your attention to give you a wake-up call in your life. After you take a look at what may be coming up for you and you deal with that issue, then you can begin to ask yourself really empowering questions, a question that I threw out to her last night of what will bring you joy today or what would love say to that today? So when you start to bring yourself joy or love in the moment, you begin to open up to the power of possibilities in your life. And so I invite all of our listeners to do that this week. And please be sure to let me know how things are going for you. Now, on to our very diverse topic lymphatic drainage, overcoming fears, and perfect balance with our very special guest, Jen Cuneo. Welcome to the show, Jen. We're really happy that you're with us today.
2: Thank you, Fee.
1: And let me give Jen a a quick introduction. She has been passionate about sports from a young age and currently has a very healthy addiction to triathlons. She's had extensive experience in sports uh, medicine, personal training, and massage therapy. Jen has a degree in kinesiology from Michigan State University. Go Spartans. And according to Jen, the joy I get in seeing people released from pain, realize their potential, and accomplish more than they ever thought possible is so, so rewarding. It's not just about running farther than they thought they could. It's about doing more than they ever could envision themselves doing. Jen says, I get to work with amazing people who make my job fun and consider myself blessed to work with these people. The people who inspire me are those who overcome their fears, who, work hard, and accomplish their goals. Jen has numerous certifications in a variety of modalities. She is also the co-owner of Betty Multisport, which is a coaching and training program for awesome women. So, Jen, let's dive right in, shall we? Sure. Okay. Okay. Now, you used your training, and we're going to kind of bridge the gap on all of these topics today. You used your training for triathlons to overcome your fear of water. First of all, okay. can you tell our listeners about how you developed that fear and then explain the steps that you took to overcome that fear?
2: Sure, yeah. Um, I, if I were to pinpoint a time in life that I think this fear developed, it was probably when I was in first or second grade, um, my sister, my older sister, was left home with us to watch the kids while my parents was gone. Or my parents were gone, and they specifically told her not to let us watch the movie Jaws. So of course that means that we should be watch- that She needs to let us watch the movie Jaws. We did. Um, I was terrified, and um, I had nightmares. And you know, they get, she got a big. Uh, she got into a lot of trouble when when all the parents got home. But um, I. Can pretty much say that I blame it on the movie Jaws. At that point forward, I was scared of the water—pool water, lake water, ocean water—it didn't matter. Um, I also developed irrational fear of pool drains and filters. Um, I carried this fear all the way through my adulthood. My family got to experience some of my craziness um, that that involved these fears, like um, just like a month after high school graduation. Uh, My brother got married in in, uh, Germany, so we took a family trip. We toured, you know, a few different countries. We were in Italy in the beautiful Mediterranean Sea, and I'm swimming with my family, and it's crystal clear water, absolutely beautiful. And I am, how old am I at this point, probably 18 or 19, and I absolutely freaked out because the water was too clear, jumped on my dad's back and almost killed him while I'm trying to to get myself out of the water and get myself to safety. So, you know, most people would look at beautiful, clear water and think, oh, my gosh, it's gorgeous. But I couldn't handle it. I didn't know how far away fish were from me, how far away the rocks were. It was a a terrifying experience. Another one my husband got to experience on our honeymoon. Um, We were swimming. We were in Casamal. We were out snorkeling. And uh, the boat dropped a group group of us off in different locations. And one location, we ended up snorkeling right through a family of jellyfish. Terrifying. There's just numerous jellyfish. And I climbed on top of my husband at this point. I think I'm 25 years old, 26. And I almost killed my husband on our honeymoon because of my fear of... I think it's a pretty acceptable fear of swimming through jellyfish, so I'm not going to beat too hard on myself about that one. Sure. But... um, Yeah, so, yes, I have had these fears for years. Um, My sister actually told me a uh, few years ago that she used to find me at the bottom of our pool. We had an above-ground pool growing up, and she's like, I have no idea how long you were down there. I don't know what you were doing. But she's like, I would go drag you out, and, you know, it it happened a few times that she saved me from the pool. So, again, maybe some of my fears revolve around what happened at the pool at that time, too. Uh, I have absolutely no recollection of this. She told me this, and it was news to me. So I would say between uh, the movie Jaws and uh, spending some time at the bottom of a pool could uh, contribute to my fears in the water.
1: Sure. And that it it is a terrifying experience, obviously. And by the way, I, too, was completely frightened by the movie Jaws, and I remember... (laughs) Watching it when I was eight years old in third grade, and jumping in between my parents uh, just because of the terror that I felt, so I guess yeah. chalk chalk that one up to um <laughs> to Steven Spielberg. I think that was one of his early yeah. movies uh, yeah, exactly. and it was it, yeah, it was definitely terrifying, so um certainly understanding that and 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 one of the things as a coach that I truly understand and what I work with people on is is moving through what can be some unconscious fears. You know, those, the ones that you have no recollection of, you know, where you might be at the bottom of the pool and mm-hmm. a couple of times. And certainly that is going to instill uh, major fear in your life and, and fear of water. So I think what is amazing here, and, and Jen truly inspired me to um, t- to participate in Triathlons, which I did, I I participated in some sprint triathlons yes. with Jen mm-hmm. um, several years ago, and um, and I I think the interesting thing here, Jen, for our listeners to know, because everyone has these fears, often they are these irrational fears that you're speaking of, but yeah. um, they're they're real and they're real things that that people have to look at and deal with, and I think the interesting thing is looking at the steps that you took to overcome the fear of water and how Mm -hmm. you tie triathlons into that. So can you share that lesson with our listeners?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, Years ago, before I was married, I was still living in Michigan, and I remember a friend of mine at work was uh, telling me about her friend that was going to do the Chicago triathlon. And I thought, oh, wow, I love Chicago. This sounds like... I could sign up for this, and it'd be a great way for me to get overcome overcome my fear of the water and to learn how to swim, because I had no idea how to do a freestyle stroke. I could pretty much just doggy paddle and keep my head above the water. So I thought this this is a great opportunity for me to set a goal for myself, and this is is how I'm going to do it. Um, A few years later, I ended up um, getting engaged and moved out to Chicago, And uh, I never did forget about that triathlon. It kind of stuck in the back of my head. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm here. I should probably do this race. So in August of uh, 2001, it was just about two months before I got married, I completed the Chicago Sprint Triathlon. Uh, It was probably about eight months of training, I would guess, that that went into that. And I had been a runner for years. So that wasn't a concern of mine. That was the easy part. Um, but it was not very comfortable on the bike. I wasn't one of those kids who grew up riding a bike around the block. I lived on a dirt road and a little bit out in the country. And we just really didn't have that lifestyle. Um, so the bike was kind of a foreign thing to me as well too. And I didn't even own a bike. Uh, but my biggest issue obviously was the swim. I didn't know how to swim and I was completely terrified of swimming. So at this point, I was dedicated to learning how to do freestyle stroke. I um, jumped in the pool. This is when I worked at Lifetime Fitness in Warrenville. And I observed the other swimmers and tried to get um, uh, some ideas I'd like to analyze so I could sit there and just watch people and and try to pick it up myself. So I did that. But fortunately, one of the um, trainers on our staff was a a collegiate swimmer. And I asked her to come out, come down to the pool and uh, watch me and give me some pointers. So that helped significantly. Um, that got me through my first race, I have to say. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, I had many fears of getting in the pool. There's a deep end to the pool. I was, I was scared of the deep end. It got dark. <laughs> it got deeper. Um, I had fears of the pool lights that are on the side of the pool. I didn't like the fact that there's a big bubble sticking out of of the wall. Um, Like I said before, I had fears of the filters and the drain. Um, God forbid I put my foot down and I step on a a drain, and that just threw me all off. And I realized it it was ridiculous. It felt ridiculous. um, But I also knew I had to overcome these fears if I was going to achieve my goal. I'm a very goal-oriented person, so not achieving that goal was really not an option for myself. So this kept me focused. Um, Really, the next step was learning how to relax. I noticed that I was carrying tension in my face because I was getting headaches. So I relaxed my eyes, and I focused on the peacefulness of the water. This was really when my relationship with the water began to change. I could feel the nurturing and the calming of the water. Uh, I would do early morning swim workouts before work, and the sun would be rising and coming in from the windows, and I noticed the beauty of the sunrise coming through the pool windows. And I was really starting to overcome my fear of the pool by feeling what the water had to offer me. So now that I had kind of conquered the pool, that was to the point where I was comfortable, I knew I had Lake Michigan looming over my head that I had to get in the, in the water and swim. So now we're talking about waves. We're talking about fish. We're talking about seaweed. There's no pretty you know, lane dividers and lane markers on the bottom of the pool to keep you going in a straight line. Um, there's garbage. There's other people flailing their arms and legs around you. And I was completely terrified. I had really become a decent swimmer in the pool, but I knew being in Lake Michigan was going to be a completely different experience. And I did do what they recommend. They always say, you know, make sure you get out in the lake and you do some open water practices before you go to the race. Because the race, you're you're dealing with nerves as it is, but now you throw in a whole new element that you haven't prepared yourself for and you're asking for panic. So I did do that. I put my time in. The practices really didn't go well. I was um, panicked. I was nervous, and I kind of just felt left feeling disappointed, like I didn't actually get anywhere during those practice swims. But I showed up race day, jumped in with the rest of my age group, and I swam for my life when the horn blew. I did survive it. and I was um, really badly wanted to quit. I remember that feeling. Was it 14 years ago, I think? I wanted nothing more than to just call it quits and climb out, of, climb out of the lake. But I knew that was not an option. I had to keep going if I was to accomplish my goal. And failure... Was never an option. So I talked to myself, talked myself into a good place, and I kept going. By the time I finished this race, I was hooked. Um, I knew what I had to work on for the next year. I knew um, my fear of the open water would. It, it actually took years to go away. 14 years later, I can say I'm really pretty comfortable in the open water. But it took a lot of focus and control over my thoughts. I learned to control my breathing and my pace so I didn't go into panic mode. I also learned how to focus my thoughts while swimming in a lake. I used to think that fish were going to to attack me or that the seaweed that attached itself to my foot was someone trying to pull me under the water or that the shopping cart at the bottom of Lake Michigan was a dead body. Um, I do have to admit, though, that I still actually have some of those thoughts, but the difference now is they don't paralyze me with fear. I realized that those thoughts just get in the way of me achieving my goals and they serve me absolutely no good, no, no good to achieving my goals. I remember um, one particular year, the Chicago triathlon, I've done it pretty much every year for the last 14 years. I took a few years off when I was having kids. Um, But one particular year, the waves were the highest waves I've ever seen at the Harbor. It's a pretty protected area because it does have seawalls. um, so we don't, that area doesn't get a ton of waves, but that particular year the waves were huge. Um, and you walk the whole length of the swim down to the swim stars, So You see the look on people's faces as they're walking in, and they're just everyone's panicking; they're completely freaked out. Many people did not even get in the water that day, and um, many were pulled out of the water. They were hanging on the lifeguard boats. They were hanging on the safety ropes along the wall. Um, but I actually had my, cook, my quickest swim to date that race. It was a matter of controlling my thoughts and finding peace in the waves. I didn't fight the waves, but I allowed myself to get carried with the waves. Uh, the um, words of advice from my swim coach came back to me, and he taught me that you can't fight the water. The water will always fight you back. He told me you had to become one with the water, and this is something I tell all of my new swimmers
1: what wonderful advice uh t- you know and what a great story to help inspire our listening audience anytime that you're looking at and facing any type of fear at all and um and and certainly just you know breaking it down and knowing that the, the thoughts are going to come the thoughts are still going to be there but just to keep your eyes focused on the goal. and I love the, you know, the swim coach's concept of being one with the water. Mm-hmm. And we're we're up on our first break. And so we're going to be right back. We're talking with Jen Cooney about overcoming fears, lymphatic drainage, and perfect balance. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest
0: minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs, Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com.
1: Social media is important to your business, but you might not know how to do it right. Doing social media yourself can be a challenge. I have discovered a company that gets it done for you. They post seven times a week to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+. And they can monitor reviews on over 45 sites at a price any business can afford. Get more information at GetSocialWithFee.com and get your free analysis to determine your company's social media effectiveness. Visit GetSocialWithFee, that's F-I dot com, and find out more today. Because doing it wrong is worse than not doing it at all. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fima Zanke or her guest on the program today, please call one 346 9141 That's one 346 9141 Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment.
1: And we're back with Jen Cuneo and we're talking about overcoming fears, lymphatic drainage, and perfect balance. And Jen, um, let's talk a little bit about the healthy addiction to triathlons. And I want to know how does triathlon training keep you focused?
2: Uh, well, I instantly developed a passion for the race. Like a lot of people do when they do their first race, they, they get addicted. Um, either you, you leave the race thinking I'll never do that again, or I'm absolutely in love with the sport. Um, so finding the drive was never an issue for me. It wasn't difficult. It was, it was kind of automatic. Um, it then became, how do I learn more so I can train smarter and race smarter and perform better? So I started to study the sport and I ended up getting certified as a triathlon coach. The drive to do my best is always what keeps me focused. I know that if I skip too many of my training sessions, then I won't be able to achieve my goals. Um, I always set new goals for myself each season, every new year. Um, I either, whether it be new races or new longer distances uh, or ne- new time goals. Uh, my first spin triathlon was about a half-mile swim, same race that you did. It was a half-mile swim, 14-mile bike ride, and then a th- 3.1-mile uh, run. And at the time, it sounded absolutely insane to me. But as I trained, I realized that I could do it and that I could keep getting better. I realized that I could push myself a little further and I could go longer distances. So now my focus changed by setting new goals and believing in myself that I could accomplish these new challenges. There's still many mornings when I wake up and I think, Ugh, I really don't want to go for a run right now. Once in a while, it's, it's a beautiful morning. I think I can't wait to get out on my bike and go for a ride. But most mornings, I, I, I could think of a million other things I could do. But I have commitments to myself and my training partner and to my club members, and I, need to, I know I need to get out there and continue to work towards my goals and to help them reach their goals that they've set out for themselves. Training has always helped me keep my focus and balance in life. At times, I deal with anxiety and depression, and every single time I leave a training session, I feel less anxious and have a more balanced view of life again. It helps me maintain perspective, and the release of endorphins creates that euphoric feeling. Like, oh, I can tackle this day now. Problems don't seem so daunting. I've sweated out a lot of frustrations, um, and maybe even come to get new perspectives on situations that have bothered me.
1: Yeah, and that's such that's such an inspiring uh, place to be because I certainly understand and know. Um, the 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 choice that people face when you wake up in the morning, and especially when you're feeling a little down or off or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, you know that that it, it, it you know when you're faced with the choice and you choose yourself over and over and over again, choose yourself, mm-hmm. choose yeah. the goal the goal that you're focused on. It just becomes. Such an amazing um, feeling and like you said, the endorphins that are released from the exercise, it's also a huge, huge benefit as well. But it's, it's more over just really saying, hey, I can do this and I did it. And I know when I first did my first triathlon as, as a result of being encouraged from you, Jen, it was great because I had the training plan outlined and I just followed the plan. And once yeah, I kept yeah. following the plan, it was like the you know the end goal was easy. Um, when you know when you realize that you get through the the toughest part of the training at you know mid July, okay. and then you begin or late July, and then you begin the taper, and you're like, oh, this I can do this, I can do this, and yep. it's it's just so amazing to see how and feel how good you feel when you put your mind to what you can accomplish. And I yeah. always encourage everyone, all my clients or people that I speak to, that there are no limitations except the ones that you have in your own mind. So I, I love the side benefits of triathlon training. Um, and speaking of the side benefits, the mental and emotional, we've covered this a little bit. Any other mental and emotional side benefits that you derive besides that? You know,
2: um, yeah, I think I did kind of mention it, that um, a lot of times, if if I'm struggling with an issue, maybe I'm just kind of lost, I have to make a decision, and I'm not quite sure where to go with it. If I can just leave it out there and go for a good, tough workout, it can bring so much clarity to to the answers that I'm looking for. Uh, It brings new perspectives, you know, usually I'm out with my training partner or other club members. And we do a lot of therapy out there. (laughs) Uh, there's a lot to talk about and there's new ways to look at things. And sometimes someone could just give me a little bit slightly different perspective that I'm like, Oh, you're right. You know, that's a great way to look at it that I wasn't looking at it before. Um, yeah, the problems just don't feel as big or as daunting. A lot of it really is. I think that release of endorphins where you just life becomes a little easier. Um, sweated out a lot of frustrations. I could go into a workout, really fired up about something and come out thinking, Oh, okay, I got this. <laughs> it's not as bad as I think it is. Um, yeah, as far as like emotional, one that I'm really working on for the an emotional benefit of this is that, uh, accepting my accomplishments, I have a really hard time, uh, appreciating what I've accomplished. A lot of times once I'm done, I've accomplished it. And then I just, Tend to move on, and I think of the next challenge, and this is something that I am actually really working on this year as I take on the Ironman.
1: that's a wonderful focus to have is um, self acceptance and acceptance of you know we, who you are, where you are, what you've accomplished and it's I think that's a wonderful sideline benefit of you know participating in any type of goal-oriented, you know, physical activity, but um, certainly triathlons. And I, I was definitely hooked. Did it for four years and, and struggled with some arthritis issues, which I'm trying to work out now so that I can get back to the sport because I really truly loved it and enjoyed mm-hmm. participating in it. But one of the things that I found fascinating, Jen, was in the training process. I actually went into triathlons and triathlon training to see what kind of coach I was to myself. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: I remember looking at that and saying, I want to know how I would coach myself through this process. And that's really what encouraged me to start training because I wanted to see what mental messages I was delivering to myself. Mm -hmm. And what was really amazing for me was I found myself really encouraging. <laughs> and, you know, that's the kind of coach I am to other people, but I wasn't sure how I was going to be to myself. Right. right. I remember, you know, participating in, in, in track in high school and not always being that encouraging and kind of always, you know, get, getting a little bit down in high school and stuff. And I remember just saying, gosh, this, I've learned how to be really encouraging. And so, I feel too that another thing that people can do in their physical fitness routine is to see, is to really challenge themselves, to coach themselves, and be that encourager to themselves. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes along with your acceptance of your accomplishments. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of a fun, fun thing to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. Um, how do you look, Jen, to continue to challenge yourself further in your fitness? I know you're taking on an Ironman this year. That's your first one, right?
2: Yeah, it's my first full full Ironman. I did a half Ironman last October. Um, so yes, that is absolutely my biggest physical challenge that I have ever taken on. It's um, this September in uh, Ironman, or I'm sorry, in Wisconsin. It's the Wisconsin Ironman. Uh, It's taken me 14 years to get to this point. Um, You know, the first few years of racing, I really stuck with sprint races, sprint triathlons. Probably for, I don't know, maybe even like 10 years, I may have done just the sprint races. And my goal each year, like I said before, was to get faster and to train smarter. And then I ended up becoming certified as a coach a few years ago. And it was just to keep moving up the ladder in my age group, and it was to get... uh, you know, in, in top 10% for the last, I think, uh, maybe five or six years now that I've been in the top 10%. So my goal really became getting quicker. Uh, it wasn't until just a few years ago that my training partner, Angie, uh, kind of wanted to step up the game a little bit. And we tend to do the, summary, the same races. So uh, she kind of challenged me to to do an Olympic race. And I thought, well, that's just insane. Olympic distance, you pretty much double the sprint distance where it's, um, I think a point nine mile swim, uh, 24 mile bike, I believe and a 10 k, so 6.2 mile run. I, I don't, th- don't quote me in the distances. I forgot that it's right, in, right around in that, that, uh, area. So, uh, I moved up to that distance and did, uh, that for maybe two years. And then I said, well, let's do this half Ironman thing. You know, like we're triathlon coaches. We really need to be able to experience the whole realm of what our sport offers. So we, we both went out to Austin and did the half Ironman out there. And I absolutely love the distance because we slowed down and we took the pressure off ourselves to be faster. Cause that's where we had gotten to that point in the sprint, sprint racing is it's about being as fast as you possibly can. Every second counts in the transition area on the bike and the swim and the run, and this was just really going to, you take a step back and you just enjoy your time more. The pressure isn't there, and you find an endurance zone, and you you get to train just a little more relaxed. So that's what brought me to um, Ironman this year. Uh, as I've continued to increase the distance of my races, I've had to work on racing smarter. I've known that refueling and making sure you're hydrated are so crucial, especially in the long-distance race like an Ironman, and there's so many challenges that that go along with with that distance. The first challenge, which you kind of mentioned before, is having a smart training plan, and this is one that will allow for safe progression, and safe progression helps prevent injury as well as physical and mental burnout. Another challenge is self-doubt when facing that kind of distance. It's, you know, there's many beliefs that come into your head. There's, I just don't know if I can handle this distance. This is crazy. I've been told that many times that I'm crazy. Um, Am I tough enough? Can I push through the fatigue and the doubt to finish the race? Can I handle getting tossed around in the swim? It's a mass start of 2,000 people, and I've never been in that kind of swim start before. It's usually around 50 people. So those thoughts, you know, go through my mind. What happens if my goggles get kicked off my face? Um, That certainly has happened. What if I get a flat tire on the 112-mile bike ride? Can I keep my cool, and can I change it, or am I going to panic? Uh, so this is really what I love about the sport. You realize, well, if I can take a crash on the bike, and I can get right back up and finish what I started out to do, then I know there's a lot of things in life that I, that I may not have thought possible before, but that I actually start to realize that you know, I can do these things. It's a great test to physical and mental limits as well, too. I believe that a lot of people find out just how strong they are and what they're made of when they set out to achieve these goals. Um, When we set goals and we work towards these goals and we overcome obstacles that may present themselves along the way, I think we really start to see what we're made of. Um, I ran across this story just the other day um, about a blind Texas high school senior who uh, just placed third in the state championship for track and field. Wow. She has an impressive system in place that involves counting her steps and listening for beeps that tell her where to plant the pool. She uses the lid of her chalk container to mark her start on the runway. She finds the lid with her foot before each attempt to make sure that she's in the correct spot, and she counts her foot strikes as she runs down the runway. She starts to lower her pull on stride six, and then at stride seven, she plants it. She uses a high-pitched uh, beeper to help guide her into the planting box. And she has two coaches that are strategically placed to help her find the center of the bar. Her story is just absolutely amazing, her story of overcoming these challenges. And I, I, I view her as living proof that obstacles are really only as big as we make them. Uh, her goals for next year are to go to Purdue on an academic scholarship, and she's going to uh, uh, become a walk-on at the on the track team. Wow. And this is a quote from Charlotte. She said, it took me three years to get on the podium, and I finally did it. This story really wasn't about me. It was about everybody that struggles with something, so I thought that was a great tie-in with challenges. Wow
1: very wonderful story and and you know Jen I'm I'm a track and field mom and and track and field yeah. is, is part of my life and I spent this past weekend at uh, two different track meets, sectionals for my daughter's high school meet and then a conference for my son's meet and um, what inspires me so much about track and field is and I, I've watched so many meets, over the years, and what inspires me about it is what these runners, or at, not just runners, but throwers or field events people, athletes, you know, pole vaulters, what have you, what they can overcome. And mm-hmm. you know, on the track, it, it's just truly amazing to see um, again that there are no limits, and it, it, it certainly ties into the lessons of life. That there are no limitations to what you know people can accomplish, and I know last summer I had a, a very dear friend who set out to do the Ironman out in New York, and he accomplished it and did it, and what a what an achievement, you know. And he yeah. he was actually great; he felt great afterwards. I talked to him after the race, and he said, "I'm actually feeling." Really great. It was uh, it was just so so much of a hey, I set my mind to it. <laughs> I did the training, I executed everything physically and I could do it. And so yep. um it's just it it really just ties in so well to life and what people can set out and and what you're so good at Jen is just having that training plan, sticking to the plan accomplishing the goals and then reevaluating the goals to up them and that's mm-hmm. basically that's what we're talking about about you know life and living and how people can do that in whatever it is that they you know what whatever it is that they want to accomplish so um you know we're gonna we've got to take another break and we're going to be right back we're talking with Jen Kunio mm-hmm. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Social media is important to your business, but you might not know how to do it right. Doing social media yourself can be a challenge. I have discovered a company that gets it done for you. They post seven times a week to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+. And they can monitor reviews on over 45 sites at a price any business can afford. Get more information at GetSocialWithFee.com and get your free analysis to determine your company's social media effectiveness. Visit GetSocialWithFee, that's F-I dot com, and find out more today. Because doing it wrong is worse than not doing it at all.
0: Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at DirectConnectCoaching.com.
1: Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Zanke or her guest on the program today, please call one 346 9141 That's one 346 9141 Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment.
1: And we're back, and we're going to talk to Jen now about a really fascinating topic that I think is very important, and that is lymphatic drainage. So, Jen, let's talk about how... You had this challenge in your life and how it led you to this passion of lymphatic drainage.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so it began with my first kid. 11 years ago, just last month, um, I had our first child. And my pregnancy was relatively smooth. At my standard 20-week ultrasound, they found out that uh, his amniotic fluid was a little low and just needed to be monitored. Uh, the doctors had concern. That the, uh, as the pregnancy progressed, but it turned out that our baby was healthy and it could go to full term. But he was breached and the fluid being low, with the fluid being low, they weren't able to do the rotational technique to allow for the vaginal birth. So I was scheduled for a C-section. Uh, it was an incredibly painful surgery and recovery was miserable and very slow. I know some women come out of C-sections really, wow, well. they, they weren't, didn't experience much pain and they recovered wonderfully. I was kind of the opposite of that. I had a, a really horrible experience. And I was pumped with, you know, the standard IVs that they give during surgery and uh, left the hospital actually weighing more than when I went in. And that was due to all the fluid retention. My face was swollen, my arms were swollen, my legs, all the way down to my toes, were bursting at the seams, and it was incredibly miserable. Our baby boy was very healthy, but this was the beginning of my journey to regain my health. I noticed I wasn't losing the fluid or the weight, and after weeks and probably even months of this, I went back to my OB, and she did some blood work. The blood work came back normal, of course, and she said I was fine, and she just goes see a nutritionist. So I was exhausted and I was swollen and I was getting sick all the time, but I decided to go to this nutritionist. I thought, you know, she recommended it, I'll, I'll seek one out. So when I got there, she asked me to stand up so she could look at me and she mentioned that I had a pear shape. Uh, she looked at my food log and she said it looked great. So I left her office feeling pretty humili- humiliated and beginning to lose hope that I wasn't going to find any answers. I was dealing with depression and anxiety, uh, hopelessness and frustration. I felt that no one cared or had anything helpful or useful to say. I was fortunate enough to be able to get pregnant just a year after we had our son. So, at this point, have, or nine months later, I have two kids and about 20 months apart. Uh, after this pregnancy, my health really took a nosedive. Uh, my exhaustion was worse. Yes, I did have two kids, you know, at this point to to uh, take care of, but this exhaustion was beyond just the typical exhausted mom exhaustion. This was this was this felt different. It was still very swollen. I couldn't get my rings on at this point for years. At that point, I, I knew the fluid was still just hanging on. Uh, I heard about in an, an iridology clinic. I think actually you may have told me about it. See, uh, at our local health food store. And this is where I met a naturopath that changed the direction of my life. She could immediately see several things that were going on with my health, and she asked me to come into her office. She she really wanted to have a good one-on-one session with me. So she addressed these health issues, and one of them was lymphatic drainage. Her and another practitioner kind of tag-teamed, and they worked um, on me for about an hour, and they performed manual lymphatic drainage. I could feel it instantly. I knew right then and there that this is exactly what my body needed. My whole body felt lighter. I had several sessions done and lost all the excess fluid that I had been carrying. I could finally get my rings back on again. So I wanted to learn how to give this gift to my client who suffered from similar issues. So I took her manual lymphatic drainage class. And this, t- this technique made so much sense, sense to me. It was like pieces of the puzzle coming together. I also had to address other specific nutritional issues as well as adrenal and hormonal issues. But now all the pieces of the puzzle were starting to come together, and these were the pieces that no one else had answers for.
1: That is amazing and what's what's so great about that story, Jen, is that um, you know during in this path or on this path of going to, you know, the the standard route of, hey, the the um your 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 practitioner, OB. your yeah. your OB and then your um and then your nutritionist, where they were just saying, hey, I mean I remember you going through the experience mm-hmm. and you feeling frustrated, like, well yeah, this food log says that I shouldn't be having this excess weight, but I do. And so it just truly inspired you to keep looking and keep searching and to, you know, kind of, yeah, to get that aha moment when you were having the drainage done on you to say, hey, there is some value and benefit. And it's, it's really one of the most amazing things about this show that I have experienced with my guests, because for each person that I've ever interviewed, the most challenging thing that they've experienced has led them to a passion.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and so if we can together impart the message that if you're focusing or if you're focused on a challenge and if you've got something challenging going on, be open, be open, be ready, ask and look for the opportunity and the challenge so that you can see if this is going to open the door for a whole new passion. And that's... Why I, I certainly really enjoy your story and enjoy you know, I'm obviously going through it was a really painful experience, but it opened the door to the realization that, hey, there's something here to help people and and how many people do you see around now that carry? excess fluid. There's okay. literally like thousands of people walking around yeah. with excess fluid that that would benefit from lymphatic drainage.
2: Mm-hmm. And I do, I feel very grateful because I recognize that. Um, I feel very grateful for going through these challenges. Obviously it's easier to look back on it and feel that, <laughs> to feel that. But at the time it's very frustrating. It could be a very dark place, but there are absolutely the benefits that can come out of it.
1: Yeah, and and speaking of the benefits, what are the benefits of of lymphatic drainage? For those listeners that don't understand that, please fill us in.
2: Sure. Um, There's several benefits. Uh, The lymphatic system is the system that actually picks up fluid and waste from the spaces between our cells. It filters and it cleans. And then the lymph nodes act as checkpoints along the way, and they filter the lymph and they are home to the lymphocytes that attack and destroy the bacteria and viruses. And when our system is working well, we feel well, we have good immunity. Uh, When our system is sluggish or blocked, like after surgery, which in my case, um, then we can get swelling or fluid retention, and we can experience fatigue and um, challenged immune system. So lymphatic drainage encourages the lymphatic flow, which in return removes the waste products and that helps restore immune function. Uh, most people can benefit from lymphatic drainage. And uh, those dealing with fatigue, obviously, uh, those people who find themselves getting sick often and uh, those that have had injuries or surgeries, uh, even people with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue have shown a benefit from getting lymphatic drainage.
1: And how often do you recommend lymphatic drainage?
2: Uh, It really depends on the purpose and what the people are experiencing. For someone, for example, who's dealing with uh, specific issues such as swelling or congestion from uh, an acute injury, uh, like an ankle sprain, for example, uh, I'd recommend a few shorter sessions in a week, maybe like 15, 20-minute sessions uh, two to three times in that week. Uh, For someone dealing with more of a chronic issue such as a congestive breast, then I would recommend one time a week for like three to four weeks. And, and, and it kind of just depends on how they respond. So it, it changed that suggestion based on how they're responding to the treatment, to these sessions. Um, for someone who's maybe just feeling sluggish uh, or has low immunity, just kind of feeling run down, I would recommend probably two times a month. So like every two weeks for a month. And then continue to reassess and possibly go down to one time a month. Depending again and how they're responding to
1: it. Yeah, um, and it's it's definitely something that um, you have to really experience the the benefits and experience going through it to say, "Gosh, look at how much better I really truly feel." Um, mm-hmm. And I do highly, highly recommend our listeners to check it out. It's something that is not, you know, normally found out there in mm-hmm. in regular allopathic medicine. And and it's there's so many many values and benefits of lymphatic drainage. So I want to encourage people to check it out. I know Jen, you have a life mission of perfect balance. That's the name of your company, along with Betty mm-hmm. Multisport. Um, yep. If we can, before we wrap the show today, how would you define perfect balance for yourself?
2: Um, Well, I chose, my logo is a yin-yang symbol, and I chose it because of its meaning. Uh, The meaning is ever-changing balance, and the two halves, if you can picture a yin-yang symbol, the two halves that come together, complete wholeness. Both halves are chasing each other as they seek a new balance with each other. So my two halves represent physical fitness and massage or self-body care. It represents my business, but also very much my own personal journey with my own fitness and need for body work. Um, I still have an ever-changing balance between the two. I'm always seeking an appropriate balance, and I can find that it often um, becomes out of balance. Fitness, you no, know, my, my desire for fitness tends to take over. Uh, and the body work side of things tends to fight for its balance. And it's not just the uh, therapeutic value of soft tissue work, but also the energetic value, um, the energetic work in balance that I, they also seek. And myself being a very sensitive person, I often feel everything. And that can become quite exhaustion, exhausting. So that balance is really something I seek out.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. We've got um, I, just a, a couple minutes before we close, and I just want to um, ask you to uh, share with our listeners how they can reach you for your services if they may be interested in um, you know, checking out uh, some triathlon training or any physical fitness training, um, massage therapy, or uh, certainly lymphatic drainage if you want to just share that with the listeners.
2: Sure, yeah. Um my cell phone or email, probably the, the best ways, and my cell phone would be six three zero two two zero one seven one two. And uh my email that I check the most often would be at jencuneo at comcast dot net, and that's Jen J E N Cuneo, K U N I O at Comcast dot net. And uh uh, Betty Multisport has a website, and this is our triathlon coaching aspect of things, and that is BettyMultisport.com. And cool. the Perfect Balance also has a website, and I've fallen a little bit behind on keeping that up to date, I have to say. But that is AchievePerfectBalance.com. Okay, perfect. check out what we have to offer.
1: Perfect, and what a perfect ending to our uh, our discussion on perfect balance. Huh. See how that is all tied <laughs> together. <laughs> um, yeah. I do want to say thank you, Jen, for sharing your story. So courageous of you to share your stories with us about overcoming fear and and certainly the values and benefits of lymphatic drainage and um, attaining perfect balance. And uh, it's something that we can all certainly focus on. So thank you so much. And oh, I you're do want. Yeah, thank you. And I do want to mention to our local listeners that please make a note that we want to invite all of you to a remote broadcast with Reiki master and intuitive Isabel Andrews on Wednesday, June 17th at 6 p.m. The broadcast is going to take place at Tranquility Spa on Second Street in St. Charles, and seats are limited. So please join us and make sure that you call in um, to make your reservation for this fun-filled event. It's gonna be truly a spectacular um, broadcast. I cannot wait. It's gonna be so fun to actually be in front of a live audience. it's 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 my first time, so I'm very excited about that. As always, we honor the our service, men and women for their service and dedication to our country. Thank all of you for your service, uh, including our police and firefighters. And we cherish you, our loyal listeners. It is inspiring to be here with all of you each week uh, every Tuesday afternoon and just received a letter last week from someone who listens every single week and learns and those type that type of feedback and those messages really do make doing this radio show, all worth it for me. So I wish all of you an inspired week, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Team Mazanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.